So we are in our third and final part of fear, our series that we're doing on fear. Now, fear is a topic that we see over 500 times in the Bible, just the word fear. So I think that's probably something that, that is way bigger than anything we'll be able to cover in these three weeks that we are, are going to do. So we've just kind of hit some, hit some highlights, and today we're going to cover another one that um, I, think we're, I think we live in. But if you haven't caught on yet, there's a phrase that I keep repeating. There's a phrase that I keep repeating. It says, do not be afraid, for if God is for us, who can ever be against us? And I, I keep repeating that because I just think it's so true. And today we live in the world, this week has been kind of a crazy week. I think we all could agree with that, right? It's been kind of a, the, this COVID situation. There's been a little bit of an increase of a fear. As you can see, even us, we're, we're with face masks this week. There's, there's been some added things. And so the world, world we live in, I think, is a little bit driven by fear. We read the headlines that we read in the papers, in the, we hear on the news. There's just a lot of fear in those things. And these are some headlines that I, that I um, read a couple weeks ago. I looked at them this week, too, and there really hasn't been a lot that a lot has changed. But this is our first one that I, I looked at. It says, Californians are losing their fear of the coronavirus, setting stage for disaster. And I read, read, read this headline, and I just, it just struck me as funny, because here is, we're, we're actually, we're moving forward as far as our fear goes. We're losing our fear. But we can't have that, so let's add something to this so we can generate some more fear. And then there's, there's some other headline that says, how hand sanitizer and fireworks could make for a dangerous fourth. <laughs> That's what I did when I read that too. I just looked at it and I go, why? Like, did anybody see that happen on the 4th of July? Did anybody hear a story of hand sanitizer and fireworks? Like, I just, I can't even, I, again, I just, why? Like, yes, they ran out of things, so let's just generate fear. Let's just create something to fear. Now, this next one, it, it, it doesn't matter what side you're on. I just, it's just kind of funny. It says, how Trump could lose the election and still remain president. Now, I think this is one where they're just trying to, they want to encompass everybody. Like, if you like Trump, we're going to be fearful you lose the election. If you don't like Trump, we're going to figure out a way to say, well, he's going to still remain president. So I just scratched my head looking at these going, why? Why do we write these other than we're trying to generate fear? We're trying to, we're trying to create this emotion in us to just keep everybody in this state of fear. Now, here's some headlines out of the Bible that I read. These are a little different. It says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Get a little different sense out of that, that one. That's, that doesn't generate that same kind of fear in me. Or what about this one? Serve only the Lord your God and fear him alone. Obey his commands, listen to his voice, and cling to him. Now, as I said, these, I, it, it talks about fear, but it, it doesn't feel the same, does it? It doesn't feel the same. I don't hear you laughing, but I also don't hear you just kind of that, like if it was, this is real, then this is this is this dread fear that I that I hear. But I I read these and you kind of get a little bit of fear, but there's a little bit of safety in that. There's a little bit of comfort. There's some assurance in that. 
Now, we don't feel those emotions that make us, that we get an emotion that maybe that the fear that we, that we read about just isn't quite as fearful when we read these, these headlines out of the Bible. But I want to ask you this question, which is the title of the sermon today, is who should I fear? So who should I fear? Now, we've talked about this emotion, this emotion of fear that's created by God, that it's, that it's a good thing, that it keeps us from harm, that fear will keep us from harm, it will protect us. But then we've also talked about fear in a lot being a bad thing, that it, we can take it and, and, and it, it just kind of builds in us and we, we live in this state. And what I said last week, it keeps us from finishing the race, that God wants us to finish the race and this fear can maybe keep us trapped and we can't finish the ra- race. But I, I felt it important that we should probably talk about who we should fear because the Bible talks about it so many times. And we're all good parents and so we've, we've heard this thing of called stranger danger. You don't talk to strangers. Tell your kids, don't, you know, if you don't know them, don't talk to them. Don't ever take anything from your kids. Don't, don't ever, ever, ever get in a car of somebody you don't know. Now, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to keep our, keep our kids safe. Because, well, the world is a scary place out there, especially for kids. Scary things happen. So that's our first who should we fear, is fear of the world. Stuff in the world. We read those headlines. It's crazy stuff. Lots of fear, lots of things to be afraid of. That um, we get this feeling of what's happening in the world. That we read these headlines; they just generate this this thing of fear in us. It causes us great fear in us. And if that was really our only source of information, is from the news, which you, it's it's hard to trust that sometimes. And especially some of us, our only news comes from Facebook. So if you're reading just your all your worldly information on Facebook. I hate to break it to you, but you're probably, you might be misled. It's not necessarily all true. But it generates a lot of fear in us. And the world just becomes a really big, big, scary place. Now, my son yesterday, my son and his new wife and his, his mom, my wife, they all got in a car yesterday or their cars and my wife took the truck pulling a trailer and, well, they're moving to Oregon. He's going to finish school there. And... Uh, life just got real for him because now he's not going to have that security of when he has a break or something changes he can just come home and have the safety of our home now now he can still come and visit and stay there but he knows now there's it's not is not his home that now he's creating this new home with him and his wife and they have their own apartment now they're going to have their own responsibilities and it's the world just probably got a whole lot scarier for him because he's that well there's been some break there that he's probably he's probably going what do I do now he's probably afraid he's realized that the world is the world has something there and it might be scary but what does the bible tell us about fearing the world what are some things in the bible and i thought in romans 8:38 through 39 i thought of this verse says, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, not our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from 
the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. What if that was how we viewed the world? If we, we, we accepted that, we accepted and we believed what this is telling us, that, that there's nothing, that there's absolutely nothing that can separate us from God's love. And that we have this relationship and, and that, we're, that we're just, we kind of ask them, why are we so fearful if knowing God is with us, knowing that nothing can separate us, separate us from that? I ran across this quote this week that I want to read to you, and it's not going to be on the screen, so I'll just read it. It says, unfortunately, many of us presume that the world is the ultimate threat and that God's function is to offset it. When we assume that the world is the ultimate threat, we give it unwarranted power. For in truth, the world's threats are temporary. When we expect God to balance the stress of the world, we reduce him to the world's equal. God created the world. God, God is the one that made everything. So how could he be the world's equal? If we saw God as, as that person, that we don't put him equal to the world, does it make the world a little less fearful? That nothing can separate us from his love. Nothing can separate us from God. And we just don't give the world that much power, that much power to influence us that much and to create so much fear in us. There's a couple more Bible verses I want to share with you. One of them you've heard a couple weeks ago, but I think it's, it, we, I just want to share it again. And I want you to also notice that these are commands. These are not suggestions. These are commands. This is, this is the, what the Word of God is telling us. John 14, 27 tells us, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Joshua 1, 9. I have not commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's that line again. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. God is for us who can ever be against us. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing. Well, there's, some, there's another area we should fear, another group that we should fear, or that we do fear. So who else do we fear? We fear one another. Now, I've been told many, many times that I'm a scary person. In fact, just this last week, my daughter brought this boy home and to meet me and I'm doing dishes and I've got like stuff all over my hands so no I, I didn't shake his hand and, and really be overly friendly but she comes back home and she talks about yep he's scared of you again <laughs> so I, I guess I'm just a, just a scary person but um, have you ever noticed that sometimes how fear we get, we get fearful and that sometimes that fear leads to hate Sometimes that fear leads to anger. And then when we're in that anger and that heat, that then it leads to more fear. And we just get this cycle that goes, that goes around and around. And we just end up fearing each other. That we kind of fear each other because of just the things that happen. That, and this fear is, it's a real fear. We become fearful of maybe emotional things. We become of physical things or maybe both. Maybe there's, there's other, other things that we're just afraid of, somebody else, somebody 
our other fears that we're going to have harm done to us. You know, fear of maybe we're afraid of our bosses. Maybe we're afraid of being, something's going to happen to our job, something's going to happen to that. We might be fearful of our neighbors for some reason. And we might be fearful of people just because of the job they have. Like a policeman. Some of us are fearful of policemen. Some of us might even be fearful of someone just because of the color of their skin. I think that's going on right now. And before I continue, I just want to talk about, just tell you my ignorance, just how ignorant I am. Last week, I told many of you that I grew up as a low to middle class kid on a farm, just a farm kid, just, just a low middle class white kid on a farm. A lot of experiences I don't have, and I never will have. And again, it comes back to that color of my skin, that I've never walked in many of your shoes. I don't know what it's like. And I get to go home to my house, and I don't, I don't have those. Perhaps a way to explain this would be, is I'm a friend of mine, it's a really good friend of mine, I'm talking to him, and he starts telling me a description of when he gets pulled over by the police. Now, he is, if I said his last name, you may know him, so I'm not going to say the last name, but... He's Hispanic. And this is his, his, and he's telling a story like this is normal. And he says when he gets pulled over, that uh, the policeman either has his gun drawn or he has it unholstered, like he's got his hand by it and he's not talking to him, he's screaming at him to get out of the car, put his hands up, and put his hands on top of the car. And he's telling this story like this is normal. Like this is a normal thing. And I just looked at him, and I just, my, I was crushed. I said, I go, I'm sorry. I go, let me tell you my, my experience pulling over. All I have to do is the guy comes to the window and wants my license and registration. That's it. That's not normal. And again, I just, like, I'm sorry. My heart went out to him. So these fears are real. These are real fears that we have of each other. And trust me, I... I am not wanting to offend anybody by even bringing this up. That's not where my heart is in this at all. In fact, when I w we were going to do something else these three weeks, and this was just on my heart, this, th everything that was going on in the world, this was just really in my heart, and this was one of the big reasons why I just switched gear and we, we did this fear. So if I wouldn't have brought this up, I don't think I would be obeying God. So. This week, I struggled with this. I, I, you can ask Allie. I sat here one morning for four or five hours, and I wrote this, and I rewrote it, and I wrote it again, and I, kept, and I had people read it, because I, that's not my heart to offend people, to, to make someone, I, that's not what it is. I just am wanting to, well, to just bring it up, because this is an issue that's, we don't have enough time to talk about this in this setting, because this is a way bigger issue and it's way deeper than what we're going to talk about here. But what I want to do is maybe just give us something to start with, something to work with. And I want to start by looking at Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Like I said, there's so much I don't know. There's so much, so many experiences that, that many of you have had, 
many of them that you still have and many of them that you live with right now and you're going to continue to live with that I just don't have. But I, I read these verses and I just go, how messed up is some of our understandings? How messed up is my understanding? I want to share something that I read this week too. It says, fear of man means crediting human beings who are not God-fearers with the power and wisdom to guide our lives. It means turning our pivotal decisions and basic values over to them, over to men, not God. And hence walking in their ways, not God's. It means trusting them when they are not trustworthy. It is the precise opposite of what we are commanded to do in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. We're influenced by so many things that just aren't God's things, that aren't God's influences. Where do we get those influences? Where do we get our influences? Some of them we get from one another. We get from maybe the world, things that we read, things that we do, generates this fear that, that we, we don't get them from God. We don't get these influences from God. That we let, well, we let other people influence us. That we maybe begin to walk in their ways. We don't walk in God's ways. We walk in their ways. We begin to let those influence just create fears. They start to guide us. And those fears, again, those are other people's fears. Other people's influences. They're not God's. So maybe that's a place to start. That we trust God. That we, that we listen to God, that we get our influences from God, that we submit to him and we let God lead us. That we know that God's just trustworthy. His influences are, we can trust those. That they can guide us, they can, they can as I said last week, they can help us finish the race. That they can make our path straight. Now, there's a quote that I read this week, and this one will be on your screen. If you want to hold up, don't put it up there, Lynn, yet. I want you to, um, this kept jumping out over me over and over again. I said, I got to put this up there. I got to figure out a way to include this. Got to get this in here. So if you want to put it up, Lynn. It says, there is no human that is your enemy. Only the enemy is your enemy. Do we believe that? You're not my enemy. None of you in this room are my enemy. And I'm not your enemy either. That Satan is our enemy. The enemy is the enemy. That's who my enemy is. That's who your enemy is. Certainly not each other. None of us. Now, I know, well, I, I don't know. Because I, I don't live through it. Because I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have that experience. But there's horrific things going on out there. There's ugly things going on right there. That Yes, I, I, can, I, I understand why they would generate fear. But do you think that maybe that's the enemy possibly creating those things? That's the real enemy creating those things. That he's giving us that bad understanding. He's using each other to give us that, to create that. That it's... It's, it's not an easy concept. It's not an easy thing. But again, I say maybe that's a place to start. Maybe that's, again, letting our understanding come from God, that we submit to God, that we don't lean on our understanding, 
Because when we rely on our, our understanding, that gives the, our, the real enemy. That gives the real enemy maybe just that little foothold. Gives him that crack that, that he's running around looking for. He's looking, the enemy is looking for that crack to start to misguide us. To get us off of God's path. To, to create this fear in us. To create this, these emotions in us. To, to see us so that we can start seeing each other as an enemy. To, to maybe just even start to create emotions and things in us and influence us in ways that we don't even think are possible. Like a lot of the things going on in this world, you just look at that and, like my friend, when I said, I'm sorry. Like, I just don't even, some of those, I don't even see how that's possible that somebody could think of that or act that way or do those things. But you're not my enemy. So let God give us understanding. Let God lead us. And we begin to see what, what God wants, wants us to see each other. He certainly doesn't want us to see each other as, as, as an enemy. He doesn't, we're not each other's enemies. Now, before I leave this sphere, I want to I wanna go on with one more verse. It's 1 John 4.18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. For many of you know me, you know that I'm, I'm going to include love in here somewhere. That I'm going to bring up love. But maybe we can start loving each other. Maybe we can start doing what this says. And it says... Love drives out fear. That's a place to start is love drives out fear. Now, again, my heart breaks when I hear these stories. When I hear these stories of these things happening just because simply the color of somebody's skin. But I do believe that God is the answer. That God's the answer and that maybe if we start to love God, that we drives out this fear that, well, if we love God, we just can't help but to love one another. A few weeks ago, you'll remember I, I, I said something about all nations and, and um, every tongue, every language, everything is for everybody. If you look at the Great Commission in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, it says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. It's every single one of us. It doesn't exclude anybody. We're all in this together to love one another. Now, a lot of me feels that we should just end right here. We should be done. That this is a good place to start, or it, at least it's, it's a place to conclude. But I think there's one more fear that I need to talk about, and this is the fear of God. That word fear of God, not necessarily in those exact words, but as a reference to that, that is over, said over 300 times in the Bible. So I think that's probably something I should pay attention to. That, that sounds like something that that's a fear I should have. But as I was asked this week, what is fearing God? Well, that's not really an easy answer either. But, so there's, there's Bible verses we can look at. If we look at Ecclesiastes 12, 13. It says, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. 
Isaiah 33, 6 tells us, He will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Again, I read this fear and I see this as being a command. This is a command by God to fear him. I also read the, these two verses and I see that fear has something of value. That fearing God, that there's a value in this. In fact, it says there's a treasure. And treasures are usually good things, aren't they? Like, don't we want to find it? Like, I would, wouldn't mind finding a treasure. You know, there was a treasure hunt. I think the guy found it a couple weeks ago or so that they, it was like a million dollars or two million dollars or something that some rich guy buried somewhere in the mountains and somebody found it. There was a treasure hunt and that that's, has some value. But we also see that fearing the Lord is when, if you remember Moses' time referring to the Pharaoh. Remember the Pharaoh? What happened to the, to the Egyptians? Exodus 9.30 says, but I know you, who's talking about Pharaoh, and your officials still do not fear the Lord God. Now in that story, if you remember, God struck Egypt with a lot of plagues, a lot of disasters, a lot of disease. And it was all because, well, Pharaoh wouldn't let the Israelites go, but it was really because Pharaoh didn't fear God. So we can conclude that not fearing God can lead to some, something, some sort of maybe disaster, or, or that's not a good thing. Now, the, this word fear, we can think of it as, as a reverence there's this respect that there's something in there's an awe magnificent majestic but there's also there seems to be this little terrifying element in this too there's something a little bit that this is is that we should pay attention to now how many of you have been to the the falls at yellowstone national park the yellowstone river well a lot of people or or maybe the grand canyon or or something that is just awe-inspiring so if you've been to the Grand Canyon or those waterfalls you you kind of you walk down and you're kind of at the edge of the cliffs and you're watching everything and you're seeing everything and and you're just you're kind of taken back aren't you you're just you're you kind of have this reverence or this awe of how majestic this thing is how beautiful it is how glorious it is how wonderful it is how just appreciation of her God's creation just this this like sense in us it's just, it's overwhelming almost but then isn't there this little tiny bit where you're on the edge and then you start to look down and you start to fear you start to worry about well what if I slipped and I fell down that or what if my kids climbed over the railing and they and you get this kind of dread in your stomach you get this feeling in there and I think maybe that's a way of explaining what the fear of God is. That you're overwhelmed by his beauty and, his rever and you have a reverence for it. But yet there's this little bit in us that somewhere we're, we're fearful. That maybe I should, there's some things I should avoid. Now, the Bible, like I said, lots of references. Moses is, is one when he sees the burning bush. So he comes up, he's walking along, he sees this burning bush and He's, well, that's kind of odd, so he goes over by it. And God says, he goes, don't come any further. Take your shoes off. And we see Moses hiding his face, and he's afraid to look at God because of this fear of God. Now, I said 300 times we see fear of God or something in the Bible. 
and it's far, far, far too many for us to look at today, way too many. We'd be here all day and probably all, all this week to look at each one. But if we kind of make a summary of some of the things of what fearing God means, that we, we, when we see fear of God, it, it gives us this beginning of knowledge. It's a pretty good thing. This beginning of wisdom speaks of a prolonged life. It speaks of having a fullness of life. Fearing God gives us the ability to love God. It gives us to cleave to him, to serve God. We also see the fear of God as it's, it guides our life while we're here on earth. It can guide us. This fear of God can guide us. And just like we're on the edge of this cliff, and we know we probably shouldn't go out there, this, this fear of God gives us the things that we should avoid, this avoidance of evil, this, these things to, that we should stay away from. Without a fear of God, life just becomes meaningless, that life is empty. It's empty of satisfaction. It's empty of joy. But then when we fear God, when we let God lead the way, life becomes a blessing from God. Now, I want to go back to us standing on the edge of, of, the, of a cliff or the Grand Canyon or something like that, that feeling. I want you guys, for everybody that's been there, or had an experience of what I'm talking about, you could even be on, in the mountains looking over Beartooth Pass. That, remember that feeling that you got? In your, you just, it's, it's a happy feeling, isn't it? It's kind of a feeling of, of this is an experience. I'm glad I've had this. This is an experience I, I really, I, I don't know if I would like to do without this, that, we, that it brought some meaning to my life. It brought some joy, brought some satisfaction, maybe brought some blessing and some fullness to my life. That we were just overwhelming sense of awe that you felt. Now, but this experience too of, of like I said, it gave us this sense of things to avoid. Like I, sh I I know I shouldn't climb over the railing and go and step out here where I could slip and then I fall and I meet, reach disaster, maybe probably my death, that that's an area of danger. Something else of the fear of God, if we look at Luke 12, 5 through 7, we see it, it says, But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after your body has been killed has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I read this and I, I say, well, I'm valuable to God. I read this and I, and I see that having this fear in God is it, it will give us this, this fear that it'll just defeat every fear I might have because I'm that valuable to God. That if I fear God, I don't need to have any of these other fears. That God cares for us. That he'll take care of us. That that's how valuable we are to him. So what else do I have to fear? Certainly not the world. Certainly not each other. This is a verse I read a few minutes ago about Solomon in Ecclesiastes. Now, Solomon was the wisest person ever walked the earth. Very smart, smart guy. At, but at the end of Ecclesiastes, this is the words he writes. He says, now, all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. It's at the end of his life. Fear God 
and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. With all of this wisdom, with all of this stuff that Solomon knew, summed it up. Fear God. You know, fearing God requires some faith. Requires us to trust him. Requires us to know that nothing's going to separate us from his love. It's going to require us that we're valuable. That we're, we're more valuable than anything else to him. Requires us to know that he is the ultimate authority. That, it, that God is worthy of obedience. He's worthy of, for us to fear him. And we fear him in a good way. We fear him by not running away from him, but we fear him by running to him. And we fear God alone. One of those headlines I said at the very beginning, Deuteronomy 13.4, Serve only the Lord your God and fear him alone. Obey his commands, listen to his voice, and cling to him. That we cling to God then I think those words I keep saying over and over again, just they get a little easier when we're clinging to God. Do not be afraid. God is for us. Who can ever be against us? Let's pray.